We're plotting riff tracks. Riff tracks. tracks. <laughs> Grim tracks. Grim tracks. Grim tracks. Grim tracks. Grim tracks. God damn. Man, I'm fucking stupid. Literally every time I'm like, oh, I can, I can so do that voice and then continue to do voices. I'm like, no, you fucking can. That's like an end of the day voice. <laughs> Anyways, but we are talking Grim Tracks, one of their newest releases. Only a few weeks old, I think. Um, but yeah, you know. What was your, what did you think of this, you know, when it, when you saw it coming out? Um, I didn't really, I, I only really found out about it when they sent out the email saying Grim Tracks, and it kind of just caught my interest, like, what, what's considered grim, and, mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they, they, they tackle all sorts of shorts, you know, you have your shake hands with danger, um, you do have, like, you know, the the drug PSA, so I was really wondering what exactly would be considered too grim, and what would make it especially grim. Um, I mean, yeah, you have stuff like, and I think of other stuff that is pretty grim, like uh, Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, I always thought that was like way too sad for our kids. Like, kids can handle sad, but, like, fucking mom dies. And there was another one, I forget which one it was, but it was about syphilis. It was black and white, and it started with, like, a, an Italian guy. It was, oh, I, I'm gonna have a little bambino, but his child dies, and it's about, like... I mean, like, getting uh, the inoculation for syphilis. And, uh, yeah, th- those were those were pretty grim. And I thought, like, what is what is going to be the grim tracks then? Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to see that. <clears throat> uh, I think before we get into uh, the actual shorts, what did you think of the content? Did it really seem like it was out- outside of their usual wheelhouse? Not by much. You know, it seems like they take on some pretty raw subjects. And to to, to be quite honest, something that we, you and I started recently, Movie Mangler Nights, I I had trepidations about that because I didn't know, like, how people would take it. But then I realized, then I saw Grim Tracks, I'm like, Hey, if the if the grand poobahs are doing it, I'll try. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I, I like. And again, this one wasn't really off by much. It felt very much in their wheelhouse. It is a lot more. Um, like they do come across as more depressing. Like the only source of joy and laughter is from the rippers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. Uh, uh, except for one, except one I think is not 
deserve to be taken especially seriously. Um, yeah. Well, maybe two. Um, but the the rest just kind of have like a very like kind of bleak demeanor that's not really it's a tone mm-hmm. because it's not so much like the subjects out there like oh they're going into drugs or um, the world of diseases or anything like that but just how grounded and real a lot of it can be is is what really really makes this grim so weirdly enough what makes this whole thing grim is the fact that just uh, it's a little too close to home it's a little too close to real life and mm. I, I feel that was the only thing that really set it apart, you know. We have cartoonish <laughs> violence and so many other things, and we have uh, uh, a lot of, you know, lighthearted moments and with, you know, something something so uh, so negative uh, that it's, it's hard to linger on it when, when you have suburban Sasquatches, when you have drunken yeah. ladies talking about a, a balloon fair. So it's it's not so it's different that it's not really elevated and it's very grounded. Yeah, it's they seem more uh, hitting home. Something that I really enjoyed is the icon, the Grimtracks icon. How it's Uh bizarro. Bizarro. Microphone there. Yeah. And we start out with uh, the first short is Reflection on a Very Old Woman. Very old. Positively ancient. Old as all hell. (laughs) You definitely throwing him a Methuselah joke there. Yeah. Uh, Something fascinating is. Basically, Leonard Cohen's mentor is the guy that wrote this. <laughs> so, it has a like a Cohen equality of like stark realism and like plain sexuality. Almost, I don't really know how to describe it, but. Because at first we just see, you know, like a bird spinning around a bird feeder going, wee, And then this very positively ancient, veritable fossil of an old woman uh, who's not really that old looking. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, she, she pours it out and, and they get a few good clips about the Marvel retirement universe and... Mm-hmm. And uh, claiming an insurance, claim slipping for insurance fraud. They get some good jokes, and then uh, the poem actually starts. And um, it's an interesting one because the, the interesting word choice, that sexuality that's attached to this woman, you know, this vestal virgin mm-hmm. uh, with her radiant, her radiant skin, her radiant bosom. Her. Uh, what? Waxy virginal torso. Her waxy virginal torso. And, um... I, 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 don't, I don't really know how to feel about us making Granny Sprague in this. <laughs> uh, but, uh... uh to, to make a movie reference there, but, uh... Um... It... 
it just feels like it's it's such a weird um, poem that goes over, you know, very kind of mundane, uh, lonely kind of existence. So, you know, and even the poem itself says so, uh, her first encounter with death, with, with the applied husband, um, kind of wears of her. And uh, it's, uh, it's just interesting to see that juxtapose, you know, her inner lightness with, you know, the, the fact that they're fixated on her almost, almost sexually, yet, you know, that's not really what the video conveys in any sense. Mm-hmm. Some jokes I enjoyed. Them talking about their cold Minnesota. When Mike says, is this like when you, reflections, is this like when you look at your uh, device and see your nasty aging puzzled face looking back at you? <laughs> it's like, Mike, do you need to talk to someone? Let's see. The... Yeah, the, they say she looks like Robert Frost. They get a Robert Frost reference, and then they also uh, say she's one set of cat eye glasses away from a from a far side character. Yeah, uh, then... the whole thing about giving all of her stuff, all of her stuff away online. That's the that's the plot of the beekeeper. <laughs> that's basically the plot of the beekeeper. I love their old person voice, and I love their cat voice. The old person voice that Bill does, I'm like, let's go on a Hawaiian sex tour. It's always, and like, you watch Tigtone. Like, I don't know how the fuck you'd find Tigtone now, since it's been taken off of streaming. But, yeah, he's so good in that. And, uh, of course, the can voices like this, meow, 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 meow. Very Daniel Tiger, very, uh, Puss in Boots. For me, I like how they recontextualize. I like walking over my, uh, my <laughs> victims, the graves of my victims. It makes me feel powerful. Mm-hmm. The hell with you, I'm banging Mae West. Uh-huh. Rutherford B. Hayes, I had your man. So, it, it was just a lot of fun asides, and, and what's really just a, a very lonely piece. There, there's a weird part where we start to see children emerge, and at that point she's apparently, uh, she's apparently pregnant with death or something like that. It was, it was very. I'm sure on paper it looks like, oh god, this is a deep poem. Because, yeah, you know, this it's is a very like if author. Like it sounds like a Cohen, like like oh, um, I like like getting pregnant with death. Like that sounds like a Leonard Cohen song. Mm-hmm. So I know what you mean. Yeah, it just doesn't really work with this short just because it doesn't really... It just feels like such a day-in-the-life moment that, you know, we see her playing solitaire. Um, we see her just doing very ordinary things, and none of this conveys the kind of... the beauty they want to attach, the vision of death, except maybe a very grim 
realistic outlook that, you know, death is kind of mundane. Mm-hmm. It's something that's, that, you know, for most of us comes very slow. It doesn't come very swiftly. Uh, I guess that's probably the most grim element, just, you know, this this light kind of fading away into the darkness. Like, that, that last shot is generally, mm-hmm. generally good, um, where we see her sitting down, and we get a, a view, a 360 room, view of the room. Yeah. Uh, and then it fades into, into the darkness. Uh, I thought that was, that was a nice touch, but nothing else in the cinematography really made me feel like this, this was the, the poem that they were trying to convey. Yeah, not nothing else really. Good shots of candle flames, though. Would I appreciate a good candle flame shot? Also, where's Sylvester and Tweety? <clears throat> mm-hmm. <laughs> By the way, my mom. She didn't get upset by the old person jokes, uh-huh. but she. She's like, okay, move on with the. Yeah, because they, I, I like it because I, I like how they did it. Just because they were, uh, they kept on getting creative with it. Yeah. I think if they just said, "Oh, old, 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 old," you know, it wouldn't have been so funny. But they got creative with their old references, like not time to sign on to my AOL email. <laughs> yeah. So at least they, they kept on keeping it fresh. So it's largely the same joke. I'm not going to pretend it's not, but they keep it fresh enough. Like they keep on doing different variations of that. Yeah. After that, we move on to The Stranger. Which... The Child Molester, of course. Yeah. Was that the other title for it? No, it's, it's, it's all strangers are reamper in the whole video. They're saying they child molesters uh, that I, and from this point on, we'll just call them the strangers. Yeah, it's because there's so le, there's legit a safety short called the child molester, so mm-hmm. I didn't know if it was like in different markets, but yeah, it's called the stranger. It was made by a local sheriff's office and restaurant apparently, mm-hmm. and. We are introduced to probably the funniest joke that we have. <laughs> As of the best or worst party clown. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, it says associates, but it's uh it's shortened to A S S O period. They just say it's ass of the clown. <laughs> <laughs> they say that the, the guy at the table is asshole. Yeah, so the sheriff <laughs> is now retroactively named Asso. Anytime you see him on, on screen, you know that's Asso. The best or worst party clown, clown depending on your, your your mileage there. Your posteriors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, the, but yeah. the thing I like is the scap book joke. It's like A's and R. When they were the same letter. Mm-hmm. So this one, uh, a 
probably was the start of the whole Grim Tracks, uh, mm-hmm. and, and this one predates the, the rest uh, by by a considerable amount. Yeah, uh, it was recorded in 2012, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. I, f- I find that interesting that they they chose not to release it. Um, weirdly enough, the references didn't age too too badly. Yeah, um, like they 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 still come off as pretty fresh. Um, mm-hmm. Um, weren't really uh, any old uh, mains. Hmm? There weren't really really any old mains in there, like uh, you know, like jokes that you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I get you. Um, I think they did use something a little outdated, but that's still in use. Um, so it, it was interesting to see that how that aged, and also it, it's interesting to think that this one was shelved, you know. Just mm-hmm. that kind of mentality of, oh no, you can't joke about this. And at, at no point do they really joke about the situation. They joke about just how, how terribly made yeah. the, the short is. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a local short. We'll, we'll give it some credit, but uh, it's still very funny and tone deaf <laughs> to the message it's trying to sell. I love some of the jokes, like, uh, uh, when it's like, now, uh, this guy did good as this character. Uh, this guy did good as Stranger. Oh, yeah, but this other guy totally crapped down his leg as kid. As, as boy. Yeah. And, and it says, it says, a community production. And it's like, oh, are, is there going to be a crowdfund to save this? <laughs> It, it still aged well. People are still... This is one of the fucking show to be... Mm-hmm. So that, that was... Uh, to sum it all up, you know... Uh, uh, this, this, this girl just, you know... Uh, goes out... Play, uh, to, uh, goes out for school, I think, and... Uh, then is offered a doll to go in. It's very serious mm-hmm. uh, at that point. The, those actors kind of nailed what they were trying to do. Yeah. And, and then comes the mother. Mm-hmm. The who has the... I mean, there's virtue in staying calm during yeah. a situation like this, but she's she might as well be saying, oh, your daughter just... Uh, uh, just got a, got a B in school today. Mm. It, and also, keeping with the, keeping with the, uh, theme, another old woman. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you watch this, when the little girl leaves for school, she says, bye, Grandma. Because I guess they just didn't tell the actress, hey, she's playing your mom, not your grandma. So, mm-hmm. some of the some of the jokes I liked were when the cop stumbles over his own name. Uh, he mentions never playing public bathrooms, which <laughs> is one of those things that is that doesn't happen in real life. No one plays in a fucking bathroom. You go in, do your shit, and leave. Like, I, 
I just feel like it was a one-take thing that wasn't scripted, mm-hmm. because you, you're, you're trying to say maybe not play in rest areas, yeah. don't go to public bathrooms, but then just kind of inflating the two, as in don't play in public bathrooms. Um, so it just feels like that was more of an unscripted moment, or they just didn't have enough tape to just go back to fix any of that. So I, I don't know what it was, but it does come across very... Very weird, uh, this nanny state where we're not allowed to play in public bathrooms. To me, it it kind of reminded me of people's thing now with trans bathroom laws. Where it's like, I don't want someone coming in there and looking around and looking at my, you know, whatever I have. But it's like, no one's looking at people go in. Piss, shit, wash, leave. Like, if you don't do that, you're a weirdo. I'm sorry. Like, it's just... It's it's not even a thing. Like, it's like passing a law against ghosts. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. I mean, I think there is uh, grounds in terms of, like, okay, this can't happen, but, it's like, the bad actors are going to act bad anyway. And it's mm-hmm. not restricted to any one identity, not restricted, so it's it's not restricted to any of that. And, you know, usually these are people who, more often than mm-hmm. not, tend to be more heteronormative than, than mm-hmm. not, that, that, that tend to, but, you know, not to get political, but, yeah. Um, it just feels like, you know, the whole bathroom thing is a non-issue because most people just do that, and the people who don't do that we're going to do it anyway. We're going to do very unsavory things in there anyway, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know, in terms of bathroom, uh, my, my three favorites are the, the inclusive sign where you have the man, woman, and, and wheelchair. Um, the whatever, just wash your hands. And then mm-hmm. my, my all-time favorite is, uh, is uh, from It's Always Sunny, Philadelphia, the animal shit house. Because in there we're all animals. That, that was their solution to the gender neutral bathroom. Just animal shit house. Yeah. Hey, it's man. shameful. Even dogs know it. They give you that look. They know. That's a pretty good line of reasoning. We all shit. You know what? Uh, some of the jokes that really got me were, can you tell me when you, when you met cotton gin inventor Eli Whitney? <laughs> God damn it, they're me. And then I can't remember who was it who said they wanted to look at, uh, saucy pictures of Wilford Brimley. Was it this one or the... The other the one. one? <laughs> uh, I love the, the line, she's wondering if, uh, pluggers got her mail. <laughs> It's like, I remember reading Pluggers when I was a kid in Indiana. Oh, my God. I'm going to write some jokes for Reader's Digest. Mm-hmm. The pink Cadillac is interesting. Mm-hmm. The fact that the whole thing looks Dogma 95 is weird. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who want to do fan art, Mike's description of the kid... Uh, let's see. Seven feet. 
80 pounds. Looks like carrot top. Carrot top. Checkers sewn to clothing and no shoes. Get to work, everyone. Yeah, we need that, that description. The most accurate police report of all time. There's... It's so... So painfully underacted. Mm-hmm. The... I mean, the cops just... You know, especially since this is supposed to be a short showing... Uh, you're, you're probably supposed to trust your law enforcement just to see them uh, get strangled and, and uh, yeah. we just need a cold warrant. We don't need a, uh, to find anyone. We just need the coroner. Mm-hmm. And it just gives yeah, You still need to fucking mom. find someone, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we still need to look for someone. Yeah, they're ready to call it a day. Mm. And, and it looks like that it's like noon. Yeah. Like, you know, it just looks like they're, they're ready to call it a very early day. Mm. Uh, if anything, they don't seem concerned about the fact that daughter's dead. They just seem concerned about just, you know, calling call it a day. Like, uh, everyone just seems very calm about And it has like a very... Like a very natural tone in that it was probably just these actual people who were just handed a script. <laughs> yeah. Um, not not so much real to life, but real to the people involved. Like, okay. Uh, okay, I'm getting the script. My daughter's not okay. Uh, so I call and remain calm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find the body. We also remain calm. Again, it just seems... So, it's that emotional disconnect that really makes this a dark short on top of that. And, you know, for those who are worried about the well-being, we, we get the uh, the over-the-edge type uh, moment. It was all a dream. Hmm. You know, stuff like the jogging over to the body and this the terrible mic that the cops have just everything undermines everything mm-hmm. then we are treated to something very special a uh, palate cleanser a palate cleanser will you be here tomorrow which for me is Tim and Eric meets the story of Ricky it is a beautiful piece of film and should be put in the American film archives let it be known that I'm naughty. Very much so. Um, I also feel this would be what what shows like Goosebumps or uh, Scary Stories to Tell. Or not, not uh, what, What's the other one? The Campfire one. Um, from Nickelodeon. The Midnight Society. So you can't do that. Uh, uh, are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? It feels like. This would be that level of production. Mm-hmm. It's the right era, too. Yeah. And it would just be that level of production, just, again, with the gory, visceral nature of Ricky. <coughs> and, yeah, it, it, is a, it is a delight. Yeah, the, they, call them, they call the guys roadies for Molly Hatchet, which my brother loved. 
And the weird thing is at the end, there's a crying baby that you can hear. Like, as they're saving everyone. It's just like, how, like, what else can we add to this? Like, uh, an elderly Polish Jewish woman going, oh, no. It's like, this is so fucking battleship Potemkin. But, yeah, everything's like, this is, uh, this is that one rule where anything that can go wrong will, mm -hmm. including one person who's just lifting a crate with the proper safety mechanics. Completely proper. Everything is, you know, he, he's doing everything by the book, 100%, and then the crate just shatters and instantly just crushes him. Exist at your own risk. For the, car the cardinal sin of existing. Mm hmm And uh, we get to see a nice forklift, a double forklift death, if I recall correctly. They successfully killed him with a forklift. <laughs> Which, uh, talk about a callback. That's going back like 40 years. Mm hmm <laughs> And you get to see seared faces. Oh, I love the arm being mangled. Mm -hmm. Just, it comes across like, you know, something going into a taffy stretcher. <laughs> yeah. The guy that just puts his hand in the thing, like, why did you do that? Like, it seems I'm, I'm hoping one of them walks out with the hand of uh, Carl Weathers from, uh, from uh, Happy Gilmore. Mm -hmm. Everyone survived because they were all given the body parts of Vecna. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's there's so much. I, I like the the hammer when when uh, it's just something as simple as putting a hammer yeah. to a nail, and then he hits the plank, and the plank propels tells the nail to do a complete 180, which mm -hmm. we know is total BS without right. And then it just, it shoots, if, if I'm not mistaken, is it a CG thing, or is it just bad editing? Just bad editing. Yeah, where it le leaps into his eye mm -hmm. with really bad, choppy editing. Yeah. And yeah, this one, this one's probably the second shortest of, of, of the films we see, so mm -hmm. do yourself a favor, if you watch nothing else, you know, you just have a, a TikTok attention span going on, which, you know, guilty. Um, this one may be one for you. Yeah, and finally we wrap things up, we almost wrap things up almost. with Cyber in the Snow, in the snow. which was Suggested them by Kristen Schaal many years ago. Uh huh. I was so happy to see that. You know, yeah. she's she's a delight. She's, yeah, she's wonderful. So I was really happy to see that. You know, they had that interaction, and she she very much remembers. Oh, this kid just dies. Yeah. And that that's the beginning of this feature. <laughs> I love the Jim Morrison impression and. This, the, the several things. The fact that it plays like a Todd Solon's movie. 
if you look at the if you uh, look at the kid, he doesn't look healthy. So I was wondering, like, is it was it a physical thing? Yeah, there's so much about this. It's such a downer that I can't really. Yeah. I couldn't really make sense of much of it. Yeah, because it's just trying to throw like every negative thing in. You know, when I think of something like emotionally manipulative, like uh, the whole, uh, uh, like the sound of freedom, which is, you know, mm-hmm. um, what, what, what Darius had called it, I was like, yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. This actually does emotional manipulation right. Like, it's like, you know, it considers it because it considers, well, who are the the nobodies in your life? Yeah. And, and how, how have you treated them? And it, it's, it hits almost every no, like, okay. Um, he he's comes from a, uh, what's called a broken home, which I think is a little unfair because he's clearly got a mother who really cares for him. Mm-hmm. But then he's got like a ter- the worst stepfather ever. Yeah. Well, not the worst, but he, he's definitely not winning any any okayest parent in the world mm-hmm. awards anytime soon. Um. But, and then he also has no friends. He also isn't really acknowledged by anyone. So it, it, it hits the right notes. It probably is the most, um, I, I think, because, you know, Bill jokes early on with the, uh, the reflections on a very old woman that, oh, that'll never be me, you know, very ironically, since, you know, our favorite riffers are a bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, and this, this is something everyone who, who's, who survived it, you know, and they put it best when they say some survive this, some don't. Anyone who survived this can relate whether they are, they did feel like that nobody who internalized all these negative things or yeah. they feel like, you know, they knew that quiet kid and, you know, just knew they weren't always okay. So this one can hit really close to home. This one's, Probably the one that could really stand its own ground without like any riffs. Like this, yeah, it, it would be impactful, and mm-hmm. that's it. The riffers did a lot to make this a fun ride. Yeah, it's, like this one. It does have like, a happy ending. The floppy stoner kid does get a role model. Honestly, my favorite in terms of the riffs, um, you know, when when we see this very emotional moment where he's talking about, where, where they're looking through his his school history, and he's talking about a poem that he did in second grade when he's excited to learn the whole future's ahead of him, mm-hmm. and then it's like, I'm Batrock the Leaper, as he's imitating his frog, and then. <laughs> Kevin, I think, brings him down saying, you're thinking of birds that soar in the air. Frogs don't do that. You dummy, or just something like that. Yeah. And I, I just loved hearing their cackling on this one. Um, uh, then I, they, they get to a little, when he's a little older, and um, these people are making a snowman, snow wang, slash, uh, um, uh, what else? Uh, Parson Brown thing and he's just 
frog will show them frog. Mm-hmm. And I'll show them a frozen dead body because he does kind of come across as, as that kid too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny to see that. And then, uh, um, at that moment, I think they sum up the uh, the short of that. This is like, and he's rolling a, a snowball at this time, a giant snowball. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they say, it's like Sisyphus. Only somehow less, uh, somehow more depressing. Yeah, that that's a good line. So I think that's an accurate summary of, of that one, and yeah, I think there's just so many uh, uh, good riffs in this that really because this one's the longest short by by far of this one, and uh, um, it, it's really carried by the riffs to to make sure it's it's not such a a bad experience because again this one's probably the most relatable to anyone of any age mm-hmm. and we end things with the old lady in death which is really it's basically a early looks like an early Nickelodeon pinwheel short if anybody listening knows what I'm talking about and I, I prefer their uh their title because I could not stop for death I made that bitch stop for me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a cute one I think they just want something to tie in with the old lady thing and yeah. something to tie in with the grim and you have this grim reaper in a, in a toga mm-hmm. maybe it's a chair on the ferryman you know a little short on change yeah I love how that death looks even though I think we oh I know my favorite death is definitely uh, the one that hangs out with Billy and Mandy I thought you were going to say maybe Terry Pratchett one oh that was a good one and of course you know Neil Gaiman's one mm-hmm. but yeah in terms of like your proper skeletal death I mean Terry Pratchett's a good uh, skeletal death but I, I like I, I like the, the grim adventures <laughs> mm-hmm that was a good show. And this is a good show, but it's the end of the show. I had, I had a lot of fun. Death comes to us all. Death comes to us all, and death comes to this episode. Um, I want to say thank you to Jesse. Thank you for doing this episode uh be back next time where we'll be hanging out hanging out hanging out with the fans gonna kill death kill death kill death and a a bunch of people working in a factory bunch of people working in a factory Just hanging out, hanging out, hanging with with a very old woman. We can't overstate how old she is.